You're listening to The Jill Monaco Show, episode number nine. Welcome to The Jill Monaco Show. I'm your host, Jill. Each week, I hope to bring you a message that inspires, encourages, or challenges you to go after and live a life you love. Join me and my friends as we explore what it means to love God, love ourselves, and love others. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Here we go. Today, we're talking to Brittany Price Brooker. She's a speaker, mama, wife, and singer-songwriter. She lives in the Atlanta, Georgia area with her family and just may be a superhero. Well, she's my shero for sure. After you hear her today, you most likely will think so too. She has an incredible story, and I've asked her to come and share her insight on how to love God in the midst of trials. So are you going through something and wondering, what is God doing? If you're struggling to believe God loves you because you're going through something hard, this episode is for you. Sometimes we can hear God in our disappointment, suffering, or pain when we hear someone else's story. Now, I don't know anyone that can listen to Brittany and not be moved and inspired to love God more, to hang on to those you love with a firmer hug, and embrace each moment that life gives you. As you listen to this episode, I am certain you'll be touched by the Holy Spirit. Her story has God's love written all over it. Now, don't miss the incredible testimony at the end when Brittany shares how God redeems and works all things together for good. She'll share what's challenging her in her life right now and how she's seen God work through it. You're just going to fall in love with who she is and what God's doing in her life. And I'm so looking forward to introducing you to my friend, Brittany. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh, it's such a blessing to be here with you. I know it. It's been truly forever since we've seen each other, but I have not stopped stalking you all these years. (laughs) <laughs> and me with you either, girl. I've been cheering you on all this time. So proud of you. Aw, you know, um, just so the listeners know and have some background, we met on the Winter Jam tour. Yes, yes. And, and I believe that I even, like, questioned your age and, like, made you, like, show me your license or something. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> I do. I do. Um, that is so funny that you remember that detail. Um you know, so on this tour, you were the nanny for Tony Nolan, who was the, the speaker. Yeah, that's right. We did um, several different tours with Winter Jam. So Touring World was um, was really my world for a long time. Yeah. How many years did you do that? So I think that Tony did it when I was working for them, um, and we did it off and on for four years. But he did the, wow. the Winter Jam tour um, longer than that, but that's just the time that the family was on tour. Yeah. Um, and some people are, haven't listened to past episodes or I haven't talked about it too much, but I was uh, a director of an artist relation program. And so we were um, sponsoring part of that tour and some of the artists on it. So I was at some of the shows. And I think the thing that I don't even remember how we connected, but I know we had this conversation about singleness and praying for our husbands. Yes. yes. And I think I that's. I think we remember that. Yeah, and I think that's what really you know. And this is way before I knew I was going to be doing anything with singles and ministering to singles or having Single Matters magazine. I mean, that was nowhere on the radar. So it, it's uh, amazing how God does that. And we are both in in different seasons of life, but we mm-hmm. can find such connection with our 
um, just hearts for seeking the Lord in the midst of walking through single life. Yeah. And I think when I meet someone like you who is sold out for Jesus and is like, I am going to wait for my husband. I am praying for him. God is good. And when, you know, you have that faith that God's going to bring this gift to us. Um, I think that's what I was really drawn in your heart, that you are just serving the Lord wherever he called you at the moment. And um, and then as your story, as the listeners will hear, as your story has played out, I have watched you through social media and been so proud of you. Um, I have cried for you. I have prayed for you, as so many people have. Um, but I, I really want people to hear your story because— um, Well, I think stories are powerful, and I think people see themselves in the story, but then they also hear God for themselves. Mm -hmm. So thank you for being willing to share it. Well, it's such a blessing to be with you. I love what it talks about in Revelation, how we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So I do think that it's so powerful to share, um, not just like the words of the gospel, but what the gospel does in our lives and how God is active and living in our lives. And so I, it's such a blessing to be able to share a story. Yeah. Well, so shortly after we had met, you um, met um, this wonderful man named Patrick. Tell people about that. Yes. Okay, so like Jill was saying, um, when we met on tour, I had never even had a boyfriend. I was just in this season where I was just waiting and praying for God's man that he had for me. And I just knew that God would send an incredible godly man that I had been praying for. And so I met Patrick Price, and um, he was just everything and more than I had prayed for. And it was mm-hmm. just such a love story only God could have written because um, it was just so beautiful and so we dated and we got married in 2011 and we stood on the stage and we promised um, to be faithful to each other through, li- through life pleasures and through life pressures. Um, mm-hmm. You know, serving the Lord together. And so we had three little boys um, back to back. So in the fall of 2015, we had three boys under the age of three. I had just given birth to um, my little guy, Nathan. He was a little newborn at the time. And so Anyways, life was going great. It was crazy. Um, life kind of felt a little like whack-a-mole at times. You get one kid down for nap, <laughs> the next one pops up. Like, it was right. crazy, but it was everything I had dreamed of. Um, I'd always dreamed about being a wife and a mother, and I just felt so grateful to be doing life together with this incredible man, even though it was crazy. Yeah, and your boys are Peyton, um, is it Evan and Nathan? Yeah, girl. Good memory. Yeah. Well, hey, I I wrote them down because um, I didn't want to forget. But they are like, they're like these cute little blonde haired little boys. And, um, and you can tell your Instagram is so fun. If anyone um, is interested, just follow Brittany Price um, at 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 Brooker at her Instagram. Um, We'll give the show notes and we'll leave a link for that. But I love how you post just every day with the boys. and other things, which we'll get into. But so you had three kids within three years. And if I remember right, the Nathan, like that pregnancy was um, a little more difficult. And and you and, and Patrick had just really believed in faith for God to do a miracle in his yes. life. Absolutely. His cord was in the wrong location. And so babies that have that problem the cord can fall off very easily when they're in the womb and they can hemorrhage and, and die inside of you. Or um, you have to, you know, get the baby taken because they're not getting enough nutrition to grow properly. And so 
when we found out about that, of course, I was on bed rest um, with my other two toddlers. That was crazy journey, but I really mm-hmm. learned how to rest in the Lord and rest in who I was in Christ and not my productivity, but in who I was in Jesus. And so that was such a good journey of learning that. But we really mm-hmm. just started praying against all odds that God would allow this baby to be at 40 weeks and be a huge baby because all the babies with that um problem are small and so we're like mm-hmm. god will you just show off like you can do anything and we are trusting and believing you to do this and so we just had such a peace um that god is his will was going to happen no matter what and so he came at 40 weeks exactly and he was 9.2 and a half pounds and um so it was just such a beautiful gift that god gave us and really answered our prayers and really strengthened my faith that god can move mountains no matter what we are facing in our lives yeah. And just so people have an idea, you were about 25 and had three children. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So young mommy and um, and a lot of, um, you know, that just goes to show how much you had walked with God and trusted God that at that age, managing a household of three children and two that were little while you're going through some bed rest with the third one. Yes, it was definitely challenging, but the Lord was so gracious, and I had a wonderful husband walking me through, too, so that helped make everything better. Yeah. So tell us what a um, a typical night was, um, if we can only imagine. Um, Patrick, when if he would come home from work, what would a, a normal night look like? Yeah, so he always did daddy time um, with the boys, so he would bathe them, put them down, and read them a Bible story, and we'd pray with our kids and put them down, and so... That was typically like our nighttime, so he would give me a little break. I would clean the kitchen. I would listen to a podcast, <laughs> a podcast um, and enjoy just a moment of rest while he was saving the boys or whatever. But he was very involved in their lives. He worked um, He worked for law, in law enforcement, and so his job was very taxing, and he had crazy hours up until um, about six months prior to the, to the time that we we're speaking up right now. Yeah. So, and then I think it's about a week after uh, Nathan was born that you, this is really the part of the story that I, you know, I want people to understand like what you were going through. So what, um, go ahead and share that. Well, yeah, we were talking about a typical night. So um, one day my husband called me and he was on his way back from work in the mid afternoon. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? He said the computer systems went down at work. And so he um, discipled so many guys, and so he was like, you know, I'm going to meet the guy that I was supposed to do tonight, um, right now, and so he met with him, and uh, they talked about marriage, and they talked about purity, and the relationship with God, and at one point, he looked at him, and was like, you know what, I'm ready for the Lord whenever the Lord's ready for me, because they were just talking about end times and being prepared, no matter what God's calling is on your life, and so he met with him earlier so he could help me check in the babies that night, which I was like, yes, please, and thank you, I'll take all the help I can get, so... <laughs> Um, that night, you know, he texted the boys in like usual and, um, we went to bed and there was this big life or death case going on with his work, um, the the following morning. And as a result, it really spurred us on to have this conversation about eternity, about life and the gifts of life. And we talked about death, um, and just, wow, we don't know how much longer we have to live. We don't know how much longer our grandparents have to live. So we literally got our calendars out and we're like, okay, when can we visit them this week? Um, who do we need to pour into? And we just had this beautiful time of talking about the gift of marriage and life with Christ. And I remember at one time he just, he just broke down with talking about how we don't deserve life, but Jesus gave all so we could enjoy mm-hmm. this life. And we just were talking about the gift of salvation. So 
And marriage, not every day, is these amazing conversations. Most of marriage is choosing joy and choosing love in the midst of mundane. But this night was just that beautiful conversation that I was like, man, I will never forget this. And so mm-hmm. I went to bed in his arms just thinking, oh, Lord, you are so gracious to me. I'm so tired, but I'm so thankful I get to do life together. And so mm-hmm. the next morning, um, as you can imagine, we didn't sleep much because of all of our little guys. And he got up early to head to work, and I got my little guys ready to go to Bible study and Right before he walked out the door, I told him how handsome he looked in his suit. And he said, I love you so much, baby. I'll see you soon. And so he went to work. I brought the kids to Bible study, dropped them off in their class. And when I got in my small group, we were studying the book of Revelation. And the question was posed, why do we study the book of prophecy um, anyways in this day and age? And I said, you know, for me, I study the book of prophecy because it shows me that God went before us. And so I can trust him no matter what I'm walking through, knowing that he went before me. And just moments later, um, as I was holding my little newborn, the phone rings, and I ignored it like any good Bible study girl the first time. <laughs> and the second time um, it answered, I just felt like the Holy Spirit prompted me, get it, it's something with Patrick. So I answered the phone, and it was his boss, and his boss said, has Patrick been sick or anything? Um, he had a fall at work. We're going to send a car to come get you. And I said, no, he's a perfectly healthy 30-year-old man. I just saw him this morning. So... They sent a um, just a patrol vehicle to come get me and later found out that several of them had tried to come get me and they couldn't find where I was and the rain caused several of them to get in car accidents. Like it was just the craziest, dreariest day in September. Mm. And so anyways, by the time they got me, I was waiting for about an hour and a half in the rain just saying, get me to my man. I've got to get there. And so by the time we got in the vehicle, they said, you know, Patrick's unconscious and I remember one of the law enforcement agents workers looking at me and just saying, I'm so sorry about Patrick. And I just looked at her and I said, I don't know what's going on, but I do know that we can trust God and he's sovereign over it. Um, And we had been really working through a lot of uh, fear issues with my oldest son at that time. And so we had been really studying scripture together. And the verse that week that we had been really going over was the peace that passes honor, saying, guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And in that moment, it was like the Lord was screaming that verse in my mm-hmm. head, and I couldn't think of anything else. Like, all I could think about was, God has given me peace. God is carrying me. It was just this supernatural caring of the Holy Spirit. And so we got in mm-hmm. front of the hospital, which was another hour away, and I remember running out as fast as I could, and the pedal, like, jumping in pedals, and there was um, a taxi worker, you know, driver there, and there was a homeless person, and just so many crazy details that you don't normally soak up in a moment. But yeah. I just felt like the Lord was telling me, soak up, you need to remember this. And so I walked into the hospital and um, I just ran into this hallway uh, full of law enforcement and people saw written all over their faces and I knew it was coming. So they sat me down and they said, Brittany, we're so sorry Patrick died. His heart just stopped beating and we don't know what happened. And in that moment, um, just practicing the reality of death and how it could even be possible that I just saw him. He's perfectly healthy. And you're telling me he just dropped dead at work. Like, how is this even possible? And I remember saying the Lord gives and he takes away. Blessed be his name. He's so good. And I started saying, precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, help me stand. And it's this song I hadn't thought of in so long. And the, mm-hmm. the reality just hit me of here I'm 25 and I'm a widow now and I have three fatherless little babies. Like, God, how mm-hmm. am I going to do this? And um, just probably minutes after that, as I was sitting there, I just like the Lord prompted me, hey, Brittany, you need to go tell, you know, his coworkers about me. And I'm like, are you serious, God? Like, if there's any time to get a pass mm-hmm. on obedience, 
that would be now. And yeah. I just felt like the Lord was saying, like, um, that obedience is greater than comfort. And so I really got that concept that Daniel just was saying how we got hit over the head with eternity. And I don't know where they stood with the Lord, but I knew that Patrick was in heaven with Jesus because he had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so um, that just began just our journey of, of processing so much grief and pain and the suddenness of how is this even my reality? And then walking through how do you tell your kids that their daddy's not coming back and that he died and he's in heaven with Jesus when they're crying saying, why can't we go to heaven and, and walking them through grief and walking through with me is thinking, you know, every dream, every hope, every idea I had of my life is dead. How do I even live without this person that I was one with? And we had all these Mm -hmm. dreams of doing ministry together and family together and six little kids around a table teaching them about Jesus and all these ideas that we had in our head. Um, I really felt like every dream was shattered and all my hopes were shattered. And I just had to lay that on the altar and say, God, you have brought me to this place. And I had no control over my circumstances, but I did have control over the way I would steward the circumstances I was given. And so I was just asking God, God, this, this pain is too great to be wasted. Just show me how I can use it for your glory. Brittany, thank you so much for sharing that part of the story. I know that um, since then, God has called you to speak and share the story, and it has blessed so many people. And I, I think even the the idea I see as you tell the story, I see you standing in the hospital room, um, you know, with in the hospital with everyone standing around and them looking to you to see how are you going to react And they probably had preconceived ideas of what this loss would look like. And yet you turned around and said, blessed be the name of the Lord and sang a song. And and you have a gorgeous voice, by the way. So I think that um, there are people that are touched by our stories when they hear them, but also knowing how we go through it helps them to realize that God is so powerful because that's what was operating Mm -hmm. in you. You didn't have that strength. I know you well enough to say you didn't have that strength, um, but you leaned on the Lord and he gave you this courage and boldness and obedience. Um, Just thank you for choosing that because I think that's powerful. Well, it's all the Lord because you do not have it at all. And just even walking through the last several years, I can truly say it is, is if there's anything good in me, it is not me. It is all Jesus Christ, and I am nothing Mm -hmm. without Him. I'm just Mm -hmm. a tired mama in great need of Jesus every single moment, and I'm so thankful that He truly is, it says in Scripture, when you're overwhelmed, you know, God lead me to the rock that is higher than me, and He's so much higher than our circumstances and our grief and our pain, Um, and He is greater. And so He is in those, those deep, dark moments when nobody sees you, when you're crying yourself to sleep, or in those moments where in front of everybody else he's the god over all of them and he sees and he cares no matter what you're walking through and i'm just so thankful for the gift of jesus yeah now you had mentioned stewarding your pain what can you explain that more what did you learn about that yeah absolutely i just i really realized that every single person that is walking has walked through pain or is about to walk through a circumstance of pain and so we can look at everyone and say, oh, well, you know, th- this person walks through this or that person walks through that. But the thing that, that sticks out the most is not what people have walked through, but how they walked through it. And I say all the time that we are, are given a choice of when we walk through our pain and our circumstances, are we going to come out smelling more like the aroma of Christ and saying, God, you are using this um, pain and the fire of 
suffering to just burn out the selfishness and the pride and the sin. And God, whatever you're trying to teach me, I want to learn this, God. I do not want to be the same because of the suffering. God, use it to make me more like Christ and help me to know you more for it. And so you, you can choose to do that and you can come out smelling more like the aroma of Christ and people can see you and say, man, I don't know what is what is different about that person, but they should be bitter and they should be ugly, but they're not because of Jesus. And what they see is not us and not our brokenness, but Jesus. Or we have the other circumstance when we take our pain and we take our suffering and we say, you know what? Nobody knows what I'm walking through. Nobody has been given the life I've been given at age of 25. Nobody else has to go through the suffering and watching their babies cry every night and taking care of their newborn every two hours around the clock by themselves and raising them by themselves and walking through pain and picking out a casket and just all the pain. And you can just say, like, nobody knows what I'm going through and have bitterness and resentment and pride and make it all about yourself. And we, we can choose that too. And everybody knows those people. They don't have to say a word. They come in the door and everybody knows they are marked by pain and they're marked by bitterness and they smell of that. And so when I talk mm-hmm. about stewarding the pain we're given, it's taking that choice of, Sometimes we don't see it, and sometimes we cannot feel the hope, but we have to choose it, and we have to believe it even when we cannot see. And it's walking, saying, God, I know I'll see the goodness of God in the land of the living, and I'm choosing that right now. God, I know that you are the hope of glory, even when I don't feel it right now, because so many moments in this whole journey, and still even now, there's moments where I don't feel the things. I don't see it. I don't see the joy and encouragement and this craziness ahead of me. Life is hard and there's so many struggles and difficulties that everyone's walking through, but you have to take those and say, God, what do you have in the midst of this? God, would you show me yourself through this? And every time that we fall on our face before God and we are humble to say, God, we can't do this without you. Every time God is going to show up and give us enough strength and encouragement to make it through another day. If we cling on to him for hope, even when we hurt. Yeah. You know, I think that's, it's so important to just cling to him. And in, sometimes in the greatest amount of pain, people you're so focused on your own pain because it's the strongest emotion that's happening at the time. Yeah. And so it's very you're hard exactly to right. shift your focus. Um, I'm sure there are lies that the enemy tried to tell you about your grief and your suffering. Is, is there anything about that you could share that maybe people could relate to? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, you go through a big identity crisis because... Um, here I went from being a beloved wife with a man holding my hand and encouraging me and helping care for my babies and me and dreaming together to all of a sudden, like, I'm a single mom. I didn't sign up for this. I'm a widow. So where do I even fit in people's lives? Like, and I'm a young widow. So normally when you're 25, a lot of people aren't even married by then. So you don't fit in with the single moms necessarily because you're walking through grief and really want to still be married and all this stuff. And then the widows a lot of times can be, you know, 75-year-olds. And so you have this identity crisis of who am I, God? What, what do I even like? And, and just for example, one time I remember right after he died, you know, he liked a certain style of clothing on me or different things. And so I would wear things, obviously, your husband likes. And so I remember a couple of weeks later, someone gave me some clothes and I love those clothes, but I knew that Patrick wouldn't like them. And so like normally I wouldn't wear them, but thinking, wait a second, I'm not married. Like, I don't even have to think about that anymore. This is weird. You know, mm-hmm. how do I even process this? And so I had to really come before God and say, who am I now? Like, wow. who, what does Brittany like apart from Patrick? What, what am I called to do with my kids since I have to do it by myself and I can't do everything that I wanted to do because I only have so much energy. And so the enemy would 
scream things at me that nobody loves you. Um, nobody cares for you like Patrick. You're going to be lonely the rest of your life. Your kids are going to be bitter towards God. They're not going to know God because they're going to be mad that God took their daddy. You know, just all these things are, they're going to be just like every other kid that is fatherless, you know, that there's so much that's said against fatherless kids in this nation, in this country. And so the enemy would just throw that at me all the time. Um, You're going to be forgotten. Patrick's going to be forgotten. Um, And you just, you're going to spend the rest of your life lonely. God, God can't use you as a widow. And so many times he would just, the enemy would just throw these lies at me. And I remember one time coming before God in just utter brokenness and saying, God, all I see when you look at me is brokenness. I don't feel it like I'm put together at all. I'm just broken. I'm exhausted and weary. God, is that what you see when you look at me? Do you see brokenness? And I just remember God saying, I see that you are mine. Mm-hmm. And that is all he saw when he looked at me. He didn't see my brokenness, but he saw that I am God's child. And I remember saying, God, how can you use me? And he said, look at Ruth. Look how I used Ruth to bring about Jesus. They had brokenness in their family and so much tragedy and so much craziness and so much identity crisis and even her, you know, going to a different location that was not her own and not around all her favorite people. And God chose to use her to bring about Jesus who the gospel saves everybody. And that's so amazing. And so I had to really cling to that and just say, devil, get out of here. Like you are not welcome to my thoughts. You're not welcome to my home. Um, to the point that one time my toddler was walking around saying, devil, get out of here. Because I was teaching him about how the enemy has a greater plan for our lives than even we do. And so we have to cling to God's plan, which is even greater than that. And we have to to take victory in the truth of God's word and his promises that are true, that we will not die, but live and proclaim the glory of God. And that verse, I would just claim over and over again, God, I will not die. I will live and I will proclaim the works of God because you are working in my life, God, and I'm not going to die in the midst of this pain, even though sometimes the pain of heartache can feel so great that you're like, how can I even live through this pain? I don't even know it's possible. But mm-hmm. God just began to do such a work. And I'd say over and over again, God, you say in your word that you heal the brokenhearted. God, I am holding you to that. You've got to heal the mm-hmm. brokenhearted. And he, through the power of God's word, just began working in my life and bringing healing to bring me to a place where I truly was satisfied and content being a single mom and a widow and doing life by myself. And I remember calling my mom one day being like, mom, this is such a weird place that I'm in because I miss Patrick every single day. I still cry, but I feel so content right now because I know that I'm in a place where God has me. I know that he has called me to be a widow. I know he's called me to be a single mom. And I'm finding such contentment and joy knowing that I'm walking in the will of God, no matter what it takes in my life. And so I was just in this place where God truly had done a work of healing my heart and showing me that His Word is truly the greatest treasure and that Jesus is enough by Himself. No husband, nothing else, but Jesus truly is enough. Yeah. And when you can find Jesus, I think you built a foundation where you were seeking Him when things were good. So when things got hard, you already had that relationship. You already knew what His voice sounded like. So when He did speak over you, you are mine, you knew that was Him. 
I always say that, yeah. you know, God is always smarter than me. And <laughs> he says things I would never say over myself. So that's how I know it's Absolutely. his voice. Um, <laughs> I love that. So true. Yeah. And so I think, you know, it's sometimes really easy when things are going good or we're busy to just not study the word and not pray. And But developing and cultivating that relationship with God when it, when you need it, that has to be there. Otherwise, we end up blaming God for something that's not his fault. Yeah. And when you go through tragedy, instead of God being that comfort and that friend, he's a stranger to you because you didn't call on him in the good times and start those treasures in in your heart. And I remember Mm -hmm. in my single years, I had so much time to study scripture and because Mm -hmm. my affections were solely for Christ. And so when you become married and you have kids, often you still have affections for Christ, but now you have affections and energy going towards all these these other God-given relationships in your life. And so I remember in the darkest moments... um, of grief when I'd be in up in the middle of the night feeding my little newborn and my three-year-old would wake up crying for daddy and I'd be comforting them and walking through. I'd just say, God, would you bring your word to mind? Would you bring your truth to mind? And those verses that I hid away in my heart and that those passages I studied when I was single would come to my mind and God would bring mm. that to my heart. And those were those precious times where people can waste those single years thinking that They just look for a husband the whole time instead of treasuring the years God has given you to store up knowledge and walk with Him and and find that Jesus truly is our greatest treasure. And so God used that season, even in my grief and sorrow, that what He taught me in those seasons were coming up, bringing such comfort in the hardest time of my life. Yeah. Well, and I think, like you said, your little guy walking around saying, devil, get out, like you walked it out in front of your kids. If I remember right, you didn't, when they would cry and say, I miss my daddy, you would share with people how you would respond. Yeah, so I would cry with them and I would say, buddy, mommy misses him too, and my heart's hurting too. And we would talk about it, but we would talk about the gift of eternity. And so my big heart for my children is that our focus would not be on the grave, but it would be on on Jesus and heaven as our prize and not the grave because the grave is not a prize and the grave is not where when my focus is totally on the grave that's all I see but when my focus is set on heaven and eternity it opens my view to see so many more things that matter in life and so teaching them how precious the gospel is and that we get to see daddy again and that today we're closer to seeing daddy than we were yesterday and that mm-hmm. Jesus made a way and so I would allow them to grieve and cry, and I would cry with them, and we would talk about our pain, and our home still is just such an open place for our emotions and giving our emotions and our hurt to God. And when we had questions, say, buddy, talk to Jesus about that. If we have anger, give it to Jesus. Like, talk to God about everything. He can handle every emotion that we have, and we just give it to Him, and He helps us process and work through it. But we would just pray together, and a lot of times we would just cry together, and I would just tell them, I'm sorry, Mommy hurts too, but... My goal was to always keep our hearts and our mind towards eternity, um, which is what really death makes eternity so alive in our hearts. Yeah, I think that's such an it's an important lesson for any of us. But these children have gotten um, an early taste that we don't, wouldn't wish upon anyone. But they have learned from such a young age to take all of their stuff to the Lord. Um, and, and as a matter of fact, from what I heard, um, I don't remember where I saw this in social media, but they were praying maybe something that you weren't praying, which is... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, um, they would often, when I was tucking in bed, I remember they said this really soon after Patrick died, actually, they, they would say, I want a new daddy. And I'm like, what in the world? First of all, where did you even hear that wording from? Because I was not even thinking about that. <laughs> and they, they started praying for a new daddy. And so 
I was like, man, I can't even pray that in my heart. But they started praying that God would give them a new daddy. And I remember my three-year-old one time saying, I love my daddy in heaven. I'll always live and miss him, but I know he can't come down here. And I know he can't jump on the trampoline with me and play baseball. And, Mommy, I want a new daddy that can do those things with me. And so I would just talk to him and just say, why don't you just talk to Jesus about it? Talk to God (laughs) about it. And so he started praying for a new daddy, and then Evan started praying for a new daddy. And so they just started in their little precious hearts of faith, started seeking God on that. It is so sweet. I can't even imagine. But in a way, I can because I was praying for them to get a new daddy. Um, it was, I, I mean, really like I, I'll just choke up thinking about it. Just, I know how precious you are and how much you love God. And I, you know, instead of asking God, like, why did this happen? Um, you know, I would pray as you were praying, as you were modeling it on, on social media, I would join you and say, okay, God, this is where she's at today. But I pray that you bring her an amazing man that will love her just as much as Patrick did. And and um, all the dreams that she felt were not going to happen would be fulfilled in this man and that he'd be a daddy to these boys. And um, and then you kind of surprised everybody, um, at least those of us that yes. only had the social media connection. One day, I see yes. a picture of you with this amazing man. And I was like, what? What? And you were, you went from single mommy to engaged in my eyes. Like, and I was like, yay, I was so excited. Um, And so I want people to hear this part of the story, but I kind of want to know, how did you meet this amazing man? Yes. So, okay. So remember I was talking about just in a really healthy, content spot. Um, Well, really, I told my mom, I was kind of weirded out by like, okay, I feel so content and thankful and just in a good spot. I'm I go to counseling and all my counselors around me were just saying, like, you're in a really good, healthy spot of grief. And so a couple weeks later, um, part of what I do is reaching out to people that are walking through grief and pain, not because I have everything figured out because I don't, but Mm -hmm. to say that God is going to be faithful through it and you're not alone in your pain. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as a result, I was reaching out to this family that was going through an immense loss. And this other widower was reaching out to the same family walking through loss. And the Lord just crossed our path. And I had heard about him because his story was very well known um, on the Internet as well. And so people had shared his blog with me and some different things. So I knew who he was, but never, you know, come across him because we live far away. We just were not in the same, you know, circles or anything like that. And so as we were doing ministry together, like with his family, we met each other. And so we started to communicate over email and um, Lord just started to draw us to each other in this beautiful way that only he could. And here's this person that gets that I love Patrick and always will love Patrick. And yet I'm walking through grief and, and we're trying to just seek out the Lord and he gets my heart for eternity and for people to understand that Jesus is the only way. And so um, God just started writing this beautiful um, love story that was amazing. And so um, I knew right away, I mean, it, didn't take very long for the Lord just to really show me that you're going to marry this man. And he made it so clear, which was just such a gift from God to know that mm. I heard so clearly from him. And he had two kids that they had adopted. And so, and they were young and they were walking through grief and he's walking them through it. So I felt like he just got my life in such a, a crazy way. And so mm-hmm. um, even had even dreamed that I was going to marry him. Like it was just one of those crazy God things. And so <laughs> he didn't tell many people about it. Um, which is why you're like, wow, it was shocking. We we had our our closest friends and family and our counselors and mentors 
praying and walking alongside of us because we wanted to hear from God on it and not from the rest of the world and their opinions on what it would be like. We wanted to really hear, um, turn out all the other voices and just hear from God and, and the people that knew us best and that were walking through us and walking yeah. through each journey of this. And his wife passed away a month before Patrick. And so our mm. timelines were so the same directions, which was so crazy. So anyways, yeah, yeah we, we met and the Lord was just all over it. And we knew we were supposed to get married. And so we got married this summer, which is amazing. And now we have five kids. And so we're kind of <laughs> like the Brady Bunch, except for we call it the Brooker Bunch. And the kids are all super close in age and they get each other in a way um, that is just so beautiful. I We have these books that I have for all the kids. So his kids, their mommy books, it's pictures of their mommy with them. And my boys, it's their daddy books. And so all five of them will literally sit down looking at pictures of their mommy and daddy in heaven and showing mm. each other and telling each other about stories. And they have this connection as a child, which can make you feel so weird to feel like you're the only person walking through it or the only person that has a daddy in heaven or a mommy in heaven. And now they are walking this journey together and they're like, I'm not alone in this. You have yeah. a mommy in heaven too. And so just the Aww. other day, um, my son said, I just can't wait to, to meet her in heaven talking about their mommy. And it was just so Aww. precious that he, he longs to, to see her in heaven too, because he hears about it all the time and we pray about it. And so it's just this beautiful connection that God just gave us and um, something only he could ever write. That is so wonderful. And that's why, you know, when I, um, when I watch you on Instagram, I am just giggling because they do look like, they look like siblings, first of all, and they look like they're having so much fun together and hugging each other and loving on each other. Um, it really is super precious. And I don't think we said his name, but your, your husband's name is Daniel. Yeah, so Daniel Brooker, and so we're like the Brooker Bunch. That's what everyone calls us, the Brooker Bunch, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they, they love each other like siblings and fight like some siblings. And, you yeah. know, it's a crazy process blending families together, um, especially because we're all still walking through grief. And so we have yeah. a very, you know, all five kids are processing so many emotions and grief. and But at least we get to do it together. And, um we get to cling to Jesus together and walk through this journey mm -hmm. saying we're not alone anymore, which is such a beautiful gift. Yeah. So what are some of the challenges that you find? Um, maybe blending a family I know has challenges, but in, you know, blending families that are experiencing grief, what are the challenges and, and how do you give each other grace in that? Oh girl, there's so many. Um, I feel like I'm on the phone with the counselor all the time <laughs> asking, Hey, are we doing this right? Is this a healthy thing? And, um, I mean, you know this about me, but I, I have such a heart for my, my kids to know Christ and to walk through grief in a healthy manner and to really process it. And I felt like God just gave me this word right away that we should feel it all and to feel it. Um, because I think so many people try to fill those empty places and those pains with other things that they don't truly walk through the process of grief or pain. And mm -hmm. then later on, it comes back to bite you. And so one of the things early on I did is I asked a lot of widows that were 17 years down the road or 20 years down the road, what did you do with your kids that you regretted? And what did you do with your kids that you were super thankful that you did? And so a lot of them said, we didn't allow our kids to process it because we said, Oh, you're going to be fine. It's going to be okay. And then they never really walked through their pain. And so hmm. one of the things we're doing with all five of our kids is making sure that our home is a place where you are always welcomed to feel happy or sad or walk through emotions and that 
we can give it to God together. And so one of the things that we like to do is we talk about, and I got this idea from a precious lady, Lori Apon, and she told me that she walked through eight kids with grief. And so she told me that every night they would talk about what makes you happy today and what made you sad. And so it would give them an opportunity to think, is there anything that I'm processing today that, that did make me sad or anything that made me happy? And whether it's something with for my case, blending a family, oh, you know, this really hurt my feelings today, or this made me so happy, and I'm so glad that it gives an opportunity for them to speak about it. And so I think for us, our biggest thing is to make sure that we are truly um, seeking the Lord together and running to Him together. And we've had to to really process a lot of um Starting a new family, what does it look like? We can't, you can't bring out, you can't bring your former relationships and say, oh, we're starting from this point because this is where we left off with our spouses. Yeah. It's starting a whole new relationship. And so I think that's been um, something that we've had to, to just process through of, okay, we are going to work on building our foundation of our marriage. And he is so different than Patrick. I'm so different than his wife. So you're starting from scratch. How do I love and best serve you most? And how do we, um, and just the other day we had a marriage meeting and, we sat down and said, what are the things that we can do to improve our home? What are the things we can do most to improve our marriage? And what are things that we can do to improve ourselves? And so asking ourselves those questions every week to say, okay, what are our goals this week to work towards? Oh, one of these, one of our kids is really processing anger right now. So how do we address that in a healthy manner um, Mm -hmm. to, you know, respond to, you know, the behavior problems, but also get to the heart of why are we responding in this way? You know what I mean? And how do we handle um, honoring our spouses and living out their legacy well, but also making sure that they're not in a pedestal where nobody can touch because um, that's not healthy for our marriages either. And so walking through all that has been very tricky, but it's been beautiful to do it together. And even this week is the um, anniversary of my husband passing away. And so it's just a very tender season for me because all of the the weather and the time is just bringing up all the the freshest memories of my husband Patrick and just the deep hurt and the shock of everything and so um even you know last night I was just sitting there crying and it just hit me out of nowhere and mm. and I looked at Daniel and I was like I don't think I'll always be this way where I'm crying all the time or hurting in this way. And he just looked Mm -hmm. at me and he said, well, I will always be this way. I'm always going to be sitting next to you, holding your hand through every season and through the difficulties and through the tears. Even if you do keep crying, you know, a lot or whatever you're walking through, like, I'm not going to leave you and I'm going to stay here through every, every bit of it, which is beautiful. So I think giving each other grace to grieve. and, And he always says like, I am not intimidated by you missing Patrick. I'm so glad you were loved so well. What an amazing Aww. man. Yeah. But he's like, I feel so confident in our relationship and the, the relationship God has given us. And we are madly in love with each other. And, you know, I always tell Daniel, I said, you're my best today and tomorrow. And Patrick was my best yesterday, you know, and, and being yeah. okay and thankful for that and walking in victory. So there's definitely That's so sweet. many challenges that come with it um, of walking through so many family members that are walking through grief and our kids and just all that. But, um, I'm thankful that God is not leaving us alone in it. So very thankful for that. Well, I think it's so sweet that that's a great phrase that Patrick was your best yesterday and Daniel is your best today and tomorrow. And I think that it's so biblical, too, just to think that the Lord Mm -hmm. says that, you know, we're not promised tomorrow. So focus on today. Be joyful today. Be hope, you know, have hope for tomorrow. Um, 
and and just you know everything is perspective right we can choose to yes, focus amen. on the negative or we can focus on the positive and what the lord is doing but even i can imagine as daniel sitting there he so represents the lord and how he sits with us and says however you're amen. feeling is safe with me i'm not going anywhere i'm not threatened by your pain um or or your past you know the things that you've loved in the past, like it's, it's all okay in his presence. So, um, yes, it's so true. And I'm thankful to do that. And we are, we are just enjoying life together. And I think you save our marriage in a different way when, um, you've walked through loss. And so I feel Mm -hmm. like I, I mean, able to enjoy the little things in life in a different way this time around, which is so beautiful because we know we're not promised tomorrow. So we are savoring every moment of, Man, oh my goodness, there's somebody that I can come home to and give me a hug. Like just even the simple things or my boys showing him their special artwork that they did at school. And they're so excited to show somebody that or go to a birthday party yeah. and have someone with them because they used to go that and say, I'm the only one that doesn't have a daddy. Why Why can't I have a daddy? I'm the only one walking through that. And so, yeah. um, and again, you're, you're showing them, no, God's been your father. You have not been alone. Um, but it's just been a beautiful yeah. thing to see that we can enjoy life. And just because we're enjoying life today does not mean that we're forgetting about where God's brought us because you can always... Um, remember and see God in that and be thankful for that. But um, we also want to to move forward in this season, knowing where God has called us right now. And we're super thankful for that too. Yeah. Well, I, I I wanted to backtrack and just say your wedding was beautiful. I watched it. I was oh, I was so I watched precious. the whole thing. Um, I was actually having dinner with my parents, and I was like, I'm sorry. I know we planned dinner for tonight, but I have to watch this wedding. <laughs> so you're so precious. Thank you. I was so glad you did that. I love technology that you can do Facebook Live and get to see something and um, as beautiful as that. And um, so I've really celebrated with you, as I'm sure so. So many people have and um you know and i know just your story and will bless someone that is either walking through something currently or is you know having a season like you are you know in this month being reminded of loss um in some way so if you could say to someone like just directly talk to someone who is i'm going through it right now how would you encourage them Um, I would say God is not finished with you yet. Your story is not over. This is not the end, and you have to cling to that. And in those moments of utter sorrow, I would be seeking God, and God would just tell me, Brittany, hold on. I am not finished with you yet. And to hold on to those promises and those truths and that hope to say, God, you are not done with me. I'm not through, and I will see your goodness in the land of the living Um, as you promised. And that says the land of the living. That means there's good in this life. And God does come to give us abundant life in Him. And so if you are in the depths of despair and in those dark, dark times, I would just say to keep your eyes focused on Jesus, the prize, the author and the finisher of our faith. And I would just say, seek His Word, because that is the life that we need to move one more moment um, without somebody or without the pain. The only way we can move forward is with Jesus. And so God's word brings the comfort that's lasting, that in the peace that is lasting, the joy that is lasting, and it abounds in our hearts and our lives. And so I would say be in his word every single day as much as you can be, whatever that looks like. If that means like you're running and you're listening to the word or you're listening to um, worship music, if that means that you're reading it. Um, whatever it is, you need the truth when the lies are getting thrown out at you. And mm-hmm. I think in pain, the enemy shouts 
so much louder than when you're walking through the mountaintops of life. But when you're in the values valleys of life, it is like the enemy is shouting. And so you've got to combat that pain with the truth of God's word. And I'd say hope even when it hurts. And sometimes it hurts to hope because it's mm. easier to stay in the valley. It's easier to say it's all about me. I'm so painful. But to say, you know what, God, I do believe that there's hope beyond this. Sometimes it hurts even more to choose that. But that's what God says. He says, we do not grieve with those without hope because this is not the end. Our best days are ahead for every single person because Jesus and eternity is ahead, which is such an amazing thing, no matter Mm -hmm. what we're walking through in life, when we have the perspective that this is not our home and this is not the end, that this is, we're just passing through. This is a temporary home, just like a hotel room. It doesn't have every, you know, thing that in comfort we need, but we know it's temporary. We're just going to be there for a little bit and then we'll be back to home where we feel completely comfortable. Just like this life, we're not going to have every comfort that we desire and want, but eternity has it all because that is the way God designed it. And so when we have that perspective, it helps us to know, you know what, this present pain is just for a moment, but eternity is for forever. And so just keeping our minds and our hearts focused on Jesus helps us to run this race with endurance. That's so good. Thank you. I'm sure someone really needed to hear that. I'm not even walking through anything hard right now, and I was blessed by hearing that. So thank you. Praise the Lord. I'm Um, so thankful that God is the God of hills and valleys, and He's faithful through it all. He is. Yeah. You know, often in this podcast, I like to close with asking someone, how is God encouraging, inspiring, or challenging you to love well? And um, I think all throughout this, you have encouraged us to love God and encouraged us and inspired us to love others. Um, But I think the main thing that is highlighted to me is that you have really embraced how to love yourself in the process and where you're at. Um, So I can ask you the question, what is God teaching about loving well, but I think your whole testimony is about that. But is there anything you'd like to add? Um, I would just say, you know, as far as loving even yourself is giving yourself grace to walk through things and say, like, I mean, I was in my Bible study group, new group again the other day, and I was just like, hi, name's Brittany. I have nothing put together, like at all. I have <laughs> nothing together, and I need Jesus so much. But even giving yourself grace to say that there's seasons for everything, and it's okay because God has me in this season. But also, um, I've just been so challenged to love others better because people have loved on our family so well. I can't even tell you the times where it would be just those worst days of grief and pain. And I would say, God, show me that you're there. Show me that you're faithful. And I would get a letter in the mail from someone random on Instagram that never has met me in a day in their life that felt like the Lord laid on their heart a week before Mm. to write me this note. And God knew I'd need it on that exact day that it came in the mail. And these precious people, even the other day, I was having um, a difficult day with one of my kids and just hurting for them. And I get this package in the mail from this random friend that just felt like the Lord laid it on our heart. And, and it was just perfect timing. And so now as I've walked through that, when God lays something on my heart, it may feel weird. It may feel odd. Like, I don't even know this person. Why am I going to send this to them or talk to them? I do it because I've been on the receiving end where they felt so odd doing it. But God knew the exact moment I needed it. And God literally use people to be his hands and feet of Jesus. And so I've been so challenged to love others well and do it wholeheartedly to the glory of God. That's so good. Yeah, you post a lot of that on your Instagram too, whether people bring over, you know, send a, a present or for the kids or bring a meal over or just cool stuff that people give you. And I love how you just honor them and honor God through it. It's, it's really great. And I do not know how you do it. People just need to know this is the thing. 
Brittany, you always have makeup on, and like I, I'm like, how in the world do you always look so put together? And I know that you say you don't, um, but you're you really are transparent on Instagram with the mess and and everything. But um, I just I love. I love just seeing, I'm like, I don't even do makeup every day. How is this woman? You hold me accountable, girl, to a higher standard. <laughs> You're, well, hey, it, it, I always say it helps me look alive. Look alive, Brittany. I always pleased with that. But right now, I'm currently on my driveway recording this podcast with you with my hair thrown up. But I do have some makeup on, and I'm in my gym clothes because i got to get my workout in after this because that helps me, too. But you're so precious. <laughs> we're, we're, we're a crazy bunch, but we're so thankful um, that God's given yeah. us grace for each day. That's so good. Well, um, there's so much more that we could talk about, but the, I want to close with this. I want people to know how to find you, but the one thing we didn't talk about, um, but I want to highlight, is the L Music and um, your album that you and your brother who's a worship leader recorded together is available for free it's a free download correct yes so yeah so right after Patrick died we um the Lord kept giving us songs and we just felt like the Lord um was telling us to give this to people away so that they would be encouraged and so um we wrote all these songs from the gut-wrenching places of life that talk about the hope of Jesus and I'm telling you even now God uses these songs to encourage me and challenge me and I get messages all the time from all over the world of people listening to it and they've been encouraged by the truth of God's word and what I love is it's not our music it's God's music I mean they it is inspired songs that the Holy Spirit gave us and I'm so thankful for that but yes anyone can download it for free which is such a cool thing at elmusic.com and you can follow along with that as well Great. I'll be sure to put that link in the show notes as well. Um, all right. I'm going to totally put you on the spot. What is your favorite song Go in the album? It, favorite song in the album? And would you just sing a little bit of it? Um, oh, my goodness. That is totally on the spot, girlfriend. <laughs> um, I would say Your Promises. This is the only song we actually didn't write. Um, but that's one of my favorite songs on the album because it was the last song my husband downloaded before he went mm. to see Jesus. And so this mm. song is probably like my anthem song. Um, and it just says, doesn't matter what I feel, doesn't matter what I see, my hope will always be your promises to me. Now I'm casting out on fear, for your love to set me free, my hope will always be your promises to me. And I love the truth mm. of that song because it doesn't matter in those moments of hurt what we feel and we see our hope has to be in God's promises and God's truth before us. But there's so many songs, Perfect Peace, God just gave me literally right after Patrick died. I was thinking to God about how I felt and God gave me the song Perfect Peace and that one is just like an anthem. It's literally like literally straight out my journal, which uh. is so precious. I was holding my newborn baby as I was singing it and recorded on my phone. So it was crazy when you're in a big recording studio recording this song that God gave you and you're holding your newborn you're like this is so crazy that God is using these songs and going to share it with others that you know burst out of the darkest moments of my life but there's so many different songs on the album but even even in the valley God is faithful and that's um, one of our big messages that we we sing in there Oh, that's great. Well, I know that I've enjoyed it, and I know others will, too. Oh, it's been such a great joy to hear your story and um, walk through it again with you and to share your story with others. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You're so welcome, Jill. It was such a blessing to be with you. Okay, love you, girl. Love you, too. Bye. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Jill Monaco Show. You can find more about Brittany when you go to jillmonaco.com slash episode eight. Just click on the show notes to find all the links we mentioned today. And so you don't miss a future episode of The Jill Monaco Show, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. When you subscribe and leave a review, more people will be able to find this podcast and be encouraged too. Which also reminds me, if you know someone that would be blessed, please share this podcast with your friends on social media. Tag me with at Jill Monaco so I can continue the conversation with you over there. Thanks for tuning in today, my friends. And remember, love well, you were made for it.